T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio and Sneaky Joe DiBiase on WGR Sports Radio 550. All right, welcome into the Extra Point Show. Sal Capaccio here on WGR Sports Radio 550. We are... We are on to Kansas City, Joe. Uh, we're on to Kansas City. It's been a uh, a bye week, mm-hmm. and then you know some some rough times here with the Buffalo Sabers the last few days, Ooh, and we want to yeah. turn our attention. But it's just tough to tough to do that. I'm, I'm I'm reading through some of my mentions last night of something I tweeted out with the Sabers, which is basically I tried to at least put a little fun into it. Uh huh. And I don't know if you saw it, but I said basically we will. Yeah. Read some of the better suggestions on the air. Suggestions on how the Sabres can start games better or faster. Some of them are very inappropriate. We cannot read on the air. <laughs> a lot of them. But I don't know what else to do anymore. Yes, a lot of them were. I mean, and then there's some that I'm saying, come on now. We do have repel Sabretooth into the ring of fire. I don't want to do that. I love Sabretooth. I don't want to do that. What are we doing? Yeah, what, what, what are we blaming Sabretooth well. for? Uh Unless the well, what, I, is sacrificing? a curse of saber tooth of some sort. I'm not really sure. I don't know. I think the cur- the curse is that it's been ten years since Darcy Vergeer said we were in for some suffering, and now they're going to be su- we're going to be suffering for the rest of <laughs> yeah, our lives. That's right. Um, I liked uh, complimentary hockey. I thought it was a good one from uh, Brian. Tweeted that one in. Uh, the Latavius Murray players only meeting one was good. Um, yes, I like that one as well. Other than that, start a bench clearing brawl. Fire the offensive coordinator. Pre-game the Bills ones includes I think are chasing the chickens ones. in a coop. Have you ever like that's um that's like Rocky when Rocky was chasing the chicken around, right? Yes. Pre-game warm-up. Have that happen basically. Get them going. I had a coach in high school would always say, start the game in fifth gear. Don't start the game in second or third gear. That's what that is. Start yeah. the game in fifth gear. Joe, what the hell is wrong with this team? Uh, a lot is probably the right answer. I mean, a little bit of everything. I mean, the de- the defense is not really that improved. The scoring has completely gone away, and Lukanen has given them nice goaltending, but when anybody else is in there, that's not happening, especially not Comrie. So I just kind of think they stink. I think they kind of stink. I think they brought back they, – they should not have brought back the complete same team up front, and like that's a big part of it for me is – 
Olafson, Gergensen, Zuckposo, those were all guys you very easily could have moved on from and done something different with those roster spots. And look what happens now. I mean, couple of injuries, and oh look, Kyle Poso's out there with 2.20 to go trying to tie the hockey game and turns it over on a three-on-two that you don't even get a shot on. Like, I think, I think inaction is the right answer, that they didn't do enough and they haven't done enough for you know a full calendar year now that could help push them over the top to where teams like Detroit are. Well, it's just um, really disappointing. I would say this too, Joe. I don't. I mean, I, I could say it like I don't remember a time. Of course, I do. But right now, like the coaches, the head coaches of both the organizations here are under a lot of fire with fans. Like fans are very, very displeased with both head coaches right now. And maybe for different reasons, I guess the ultimate reason is the same, just mm-hmm. not reaching expectations. You know, but when it comes to Sean McDermott, it's conservatism, um, you know, making bad in-game choices, mm-hmm. not going for playing to, playing not to lose instead of playing to win. Like, that's holding. Hit, hit, and then the big picture, hitting the ceiling, can't go any further. With Don Granado, it's simply, hey, you were the person. I guess it's the same thing in that regard, which is, did this group hit its ceiling with Don Granado? Was the right guy for this group to come up? but now not the right guy to take them any further. But it is really bad with both head coaches in this fan base right now. Yeah, that that is the thing I see the most of. I do think it's a little different. I mean, for me, I look more at roster construction for the Sabres than I do with the Bills. Um, not to say that, that that absolves the Bills on that, too. I mean, we've talked about roster stuff there also. But, yeah, for me, like, I don't know, like, Granado's getting a lot of heat, but... I, I, is there something he's doing that has made the change? I mean, there was talk about playing more defensive this year than last year. Team defense, not being able to win big when you play, you know, loose like they did last season. But when they play their best, they're playing that style, and you even see it in spurts this year. I mean, they're down four nothing, so I don't know how much I want to take that into account, but. They're playing all out, and they get the three goals back and almost tie it last night against the Red Wings. I mean, play every game like you're down four nothing. I don't know. Like that's kind of how they felt last year, and they get a little bit better goaltending. They're in the playoffs, so I I kind of want them. And again, I don't even know how far in that direction Granado has really gone for team defense and let's improve in that area. But I think what I want to believe is. If Lukanen can play the way he has this year, and I can get back to the style and the scoring that I had last year, that that equation gets me to the playoffs. Last year they missed by one point, and if I just get a little bit of better goaltending, which I think they might have right now, then I think I'm in. So it, it might be a style thing for the Sabres, or it might just be injuries. It might be guys were all playing above their weight, right? Like Alex Tuck setting career highs, and Skinner setting career highs, and Thompson scoring 46, and Cousins, and like, you know, maybe just a lot of guys were having career highs, and regression was, we didn't give enough credit to the the idea that regression could be a big part of the season, because it definitely has. Yeah, and I mean, the injuries matter, but it, I'm not blaming all this on injuries, right? I mean, it would help to have all these guys no. healthy, um, and, you know, but but that's not the reason where they are, where they are, why they are where they are. So it's just disappointing to have this happening right now and already be in December and feel like you're sunk and you're out of it. Uh, we've had that feeling too many times. What bothers me is, well, I, I know, like, it, the organization, I shouldn't say bothers me. I don't know how I want to phrase this, but I would tell you, 
what makes me angry is the organization, this was their stated goal, like to be in the playoffs this year. Whereas last year, you could even kind of excuse it away by, hey, what did even Granado tell you and Jeremy a few weeks ago? Look, last year was the results matter. Of course, they always matter. But it was really more about getting these guys better, becoming better. And if we can get there, we can get there. We wanted to, but hey, as long as we're getting better. That's not the case anymore, Joe. They've come out and said, we need to get to the playoffs. That's what we need to do. We're ready to do that. So because of that, it gets me to, all right, so then if that's the case and you are where you are, what do you do about it? Because something... There's got to be a shoe drop at some point, and I'm not here suggesting even either of these guys get fired. A trade, that's tough to do in season, December, especially with everybody still jockeying for position where they are. I don't really know what the answer to that is, but something has to happen. Yeah, and and listen, they did say it, right? Like, Granado has said it, and Adams said that their window was open, right? And they've said the words Stanley Cup, they've said the words playoffs, like, they've recognized that. It wouldn't have really mattered either way. We would have all known it. We would have all known this year is about getting into the playoffs. There's no other, you know, there's nothing else to do. You, you have developed, you have taken pieces that were struggling or were nowhere, like Thompson and Middlestad and Darlene, and all of that now has been turned around individually. You've got your prospect pool, so you've kind of restocked the cupboards here. You've improved the guys you needed to improve. You missed the playoffs by one point. There's nothing else to do. The next thing to do was get in. So they said it, but they didn't even need to. But even though they've said it, have their actions said it? Have they made one move that shows that they acted like a team where it's time to go? Because I look around at other teams, and they do it. Detroit trades for Debrinket in the offseason. And, you know, I know the Sabres tried to sign Patrick Kane, and the Red Wings did that. So it's not like they haven't tried anything. But these teams have executed it. Detroit signs David Perron and Gostaspier, and they trade for a goalie, Vili Huso. Like, they made a bunch of moves to get better. And Ottawa has done that. And, you know, the better teams you could look at all the time are making moves like that. And the Sabres just kind of sit there and just, nope, we'll get better. Like, the, the young guys will do it. They'll improve. No, and that's this, the only this is path. a great point. That's right. I, I agree with this. And and the only thing that what they did do, what they counted on was a guys getting better, which I don't I don't hate that. I think guys do get better. We see player development like if you trust your player development. Yes, guys are going to regress. You know what else is going to happen, Joe? Some guys are going to get better and make a jump. J.J. Paterka, that has happened here this year. Mm-hmm. As much as you could say Alex Tuck is regressing or whoever what pick a name, I guess I don't mean to him. Right. Um, you could also say there's going to be guys that, you know, step up. And I don't mind that. Look, the other part of it, though, is. The guys they did sign, the guys they brought in, it was almost for more for leadership to have more veteran presence than it was for skill and ability. And you think about Eric Johnson coming in and and Connor Clifton coming in. For example, right, it seemed like the signings, the moves they made were more for the, hey, let's just have people who've been there and done that and not really maybe get to the heart of what needs to happen on the ice. Well, right. It was more for off the ice than on the ice. And you know me. I love the culture stuff, and I think those things can help, but they fell short there. No, right, because, listen, like, how much did they really need it? Like, timing-wise, it kind of would have lined up. Like, all right, Okposo, Giergensens, these guys have been, you know, the leaders of the team. They call Okposo dad. Like, he's important to the locker room, and he has bridged the gap from... Michael and Reinhardt and Ristolainen to, okay, now these new kids are the show. They are the core, and I've kind of ushered them in 
to this expectation. We went through hiccups. We went through all the struggles. We just missed the playoffs. And it's kind of let let them leave the nest a little bit, right? And Okposo and Gergensen's like, did they really need to be back? Or was this a year where, okay, Dalene is what, year five? And Thompson now is a couple of years into being a good player and a great player. Tuck is here. You've got him. And he has Stanley Cup experience. More than anybody else in this team combined, I think, playoff-wise. Uh, maybe not now because of Johnson, actually. But you've got Tuck. And Cousins is into year four, and he's more of a vocal voice than he's ever been. Did did they really need it? Like it wasn't the this couldn't have been the passing of the torch. Where all right, now's the year we're gonna win, and we're putting it on these guys. Like we're we're trusting you to have all of that buttoned up, and you you're now the leaders of the team. Uh, And like maybe that would have even empowered them to like take over the team. Like let's go now. It's really go time. But instead. They brought back those guys because, of, like you said, it's a good point, like off-the-ice reasons, so that when you have injuries, now I'm trusting those guys to go out there and play important minutes mm-hmm. and instead of, you know, they just signed anybody, Thomas Tatar, if you want, like somebody that might not give you as much in the locker room, but he's going to be more productive on the ice. Or one of the kids, Yuri Kulik, playing on the third line and having a spot opened up for him because... He's not going to play top six in the future, so why not get him used to playing on the third line now? So, like, there were other opportunities they could have had, but instead, again, again, I got an offensive zone start down one goal with under three minutes to go last night, and the three players on the ice are Peyton Krebs, Tyson Jost, and Kyle Oposo. I mean, somehow we ended up right back there where fourth liners from last season are guys that are playing important faceoffs and important minutes in big games. That's just disappointing, and I don't know what's going to happen. I think something has to happen. I'm not sure what they can do, and I, you just this never-ending cycle of GMs and coaches. And I'm not here to tell you that Kevin Adams is a bad GM. I think he's had done a very good job with the contracts that he's put together. Um, I think that he came into a very, very messy situation and did a really nice job considering he was not ever a person who had an opportunity like that before and came in really cold the first time GM. But at this point now, I think. You can also look at the the missteps that were made to get us to here, and I'm not really sure what the fix is, especially this far back at this point in the season. Sal Capaccio, Sneaky Joe DiBiase. It's the Extra Point Show here on WGR. We can always get connected with you. You can call us at 803-0550. Getting connected with our fans is always brought to you by Northtown Kia, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Shop online at NorthtownKia.com. I'm here at Highmark Stadium where Sean McDermott will speak to the media at 12 p.m., We'll get an update on Von Miller. We may hear from uh, Brandon Bean at some point today too. We'll we'll check on that. Um, there, you know, we can get an update on you know what the situation is with Von. If he's going to be at practice today, if he's not, how the organization is handling the um, allegations and what happened in Dallas, also the in the arrest, and obviously a practice report and a practice update after a bye week, injuries, things like that, as the Bills take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Before I do that, Joe, yesterday. Now I don't get sick very often. And, like, to the point of, like, I get sick. I don't get to the sick to the point of, like, hey, I can't do the show, right? That's very rare. If it, Luckily, yesterday was Tuesday. I was off. Yesterday was one of those days. I was, oh, my God, like, oh, just beaten down. So, but it didn't last too long. You probably feel it, still hear it and feel it. I feel it a little bit. You can hear it. But I will tell you, you know, the, like, underrated, are you a chicken broth, bullion cube guy? Like, that is super underrated. And I even, like, made some on the way to the stadium today and drank it in my thermos. 
Huh. No, I am uh I am not really into this at all. No. Like you need to do that. So you're just putting chicken if you, broth if in you a, have to. in a in, in a it's mug. It's a bullion like a cube. Cent? It's a chicken bullion. It's a, it's a broth. It's a bullion cube. It's a little cube, okay. and you heat up the water, and you drop it in. You let it dissolve, and it's just chicken broth, or you could do beef broth or whatever. But it's broth, and I'm I'm just here to tell you. For me, mm. I just want to throw it up there. Super underrated way to kind of get back on your feet a little bit. Quicker. Okay, that 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 is. I was gonna say if it was back, if I was not feeling great, that would be the move. I'm I'm gonna throw a little bit of a hot take out there. Never really liked okay. soup that much. Not my entire life. I've just never like any really kind of soup. Yeah, not really. Like I would eat it when I had to. You know, I would like chicken noodle soup when I didn't feel well. But I would. I don't think I would have ever actively chose to like order soup at a restaurant or wow. to make soup myself for dinner. Like just wasn't a, wasn't my thing. I don't know. Maybe I, you're I'd not be, going to soup fest every year, then, are you? I'm not going to soup fest. I've had great soups. But again, it's just not something that comes to mind. But this is more again. You're talking more like let's get back on my feet. Chicken broth, you know, could put it in the to go mug. All right, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna write the, this is this is an idea. I like it. More no, than I the, think part of the it medicine is because you're supposed to get the steam and all that. The medicine ball, yeah, that's right. This is a little cheaper than the medicine ball, I and mean, you get the steam and all that. You put it in the thermos, you're not going to get the steam, but you're still going to get the broth. But just want you to know, I'm throwing it out all there right. for everybody. Uh, for me, underrated way, so it might not work for you as much, but it worked for me because 24 hours ago, I was down and out. And then here we are today getting ready for the Kansas City Chiefs, so good to be along with you today. Josh Klingler, our buddy in Kansas City, Chief Sideline Reporter, is going to join us at 11.05 a.m. Sean McDermott at 12 noon. All right, Joe, what are the chances here? What are the chances for the Bills to not even run the table? I think 4-1 and one gets them in. 4-1 and one gets them in. Are you feeling like, yeah, I think they're going to do this? Yeah, I'm not really sure. Like, what? what is your mm-hmm. kind of just initial gut reaction to if I said the Bills have to go for They have to go for one. If they do, they're in the playoffs. They doing it? I'm going – I feel like they are more than capable of doing it. By the odds, right. I might want to lean – not even by, like, the actual odds. Like, I don't know. In my head, like, it's probably right to say it's more likely than not that you don't go 4-1 and one, um, because of the opponents that you play. But – I I do really feel like they can do it. I feel like they're more than capable of doing it. They're a small underdog to the Chiefs this week, and the way they've looked, I feel like the Bills can win this game. If the Bills give the Chiefs that performance they had against the Eagles, I think they'll win the football game. Um, more times than not, I think they'll win that game. Dallas makes me very nervous. Like I think Dallas is legitimately great. Um, but the more the more I look at those last three games, Chargers, Patriots, Dolphins, Maybe Miami's not playing for anything. I probably think the one seed is still in play for them. But the Bills just smoked Miami earlier in the season. And I don't know. They've won a bunch of games previous. Like, they play well against the Dolphins. And New England and the Chargers, man, I just think the Bills should roll those teams easily. So for me, I almost want to break it down. Maybe I'm wrong to do this, especially in a year where the Bills have lost to New England and have lost to the Jets and Denver. But... I look at Chargers and Patriots, and I almost kind of want to already... I mean, they just played a 6 nothing game against each other. I want to think the Bills yep, beat both yep. of those teams. Almost assume they beat both of those teams. I, I, so for me, I'm with you. I'm I with almost you. look at it more like they got to go 2-1. and one. they got to go 2-1 and one in Chiefs, Cowboys, and Dolphins. And when I get to that okay. point, I feel more optimistic. Yeah, I agree. And look, I, I don't think any of these teams... We start with the Chiefs, right? Look, the Chiefs have looked very beatable this year. They have been. Their offense has not been great. They have a very good defense, but... 
They just lost to the Packers. We've seen teams. They lost opening night to the Lions. You know, they've had games here and times where, look, their offense just has not been right all year, and I don't expect it to necessarily be. Now, if they come out and score 30-something against the Bills, we're having a different discussion. But I'm going to assume that's not going to happen. And, Joe, the Cowboys, to me, the same thing. The Cowboys, look at their schedule. They haven't really beaten great teams. Now, you can only play the teams that are in Mm. front of you. I get it. And I'm not telling you the Cowboys are a bad team. They have a lot of talent. Dak's playing incredible. But when they've played good offenses, they've given up some points. I'm talking about even Seattle last week when they played them. I'm talking about the Niners. Like, these are games, too, Joe, where where it looks really daunting on paper. I don't think it has to be nearly as daunting when you get out in the field. Well, and whether the Bills are on that level or not matters, too. And I still feel like, you know, when they're at their best – they they are they are on that level. They're on the Chiefs level. They're on the Cowboys level. They're on the Dolphins level. Like they are one of those teams. There's no juggernaut. I mean, the Niners are going to be close to this right now, more than anybody. But it, there's not really a juggernaut that has looked unstoppable all year. That has been the story of the league. Like that torch has kind of been passed back and forth between several teams. And the Bills have never really had that torch except maybe like the week after they beat the Dolphins. So I I feel like they haven't been you know treated like that and I think rightfully so when you lose to New England and you lose to Denver the way they did like you you deserve to not be considered on that level but I like that spread that spread to me says that they're still they're still just as capable as as Kansas City you know two and a half on the road that's a one point difference on a neutral field like Mm -hmm. that 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 is the defending Super Bowl champions they have eight wins they are leading their division Nobody. Well, no, they're they're getting some criticism too about their offense. I shouldn't say nobody's you know disrespecting them, but the Chiefs are just assumed of they'll go they'll get there and they'll make it work in the playoffs. And I still feel like the Bills are pretty darn close to them. Joe, was the result on Monday night good or bad for the Bills? I. That's a good question. Bengals Jaguars. I feel like it was. I don't even. I don't even know. Why do you have a a, a a a feel one way or the other? Well, I went into the game thinking it's better if the Bengals lose because mm-hmm. it's just one less team. Right. Keep them out of the picture. Let the Jags do what the Jags have to do. Okay, they're going to win the division. After the after the Bengals won, you look at the standings and go, wait a minute, that's another team, six and six. Oh my gosh, it's more about a feeling of okay, they did this with Jake Browning, but I also say. I think it kind of changed with Trevor Lawrence's injury. Like, I think the way I feel about that result is yeah. different because of the injury. Now, I know they came out yesterday and Doug Peterson said sprained ankle. He might even keep the window open for him to play on Sunday. Boy, it just doesn't seem – if that's the case, okay, fine. Then I think that the result was not good for the Bills. But if you're yeah. going to have a hobbled Trevor Lawrence for the next few weeks, if Trevor Lawrence can't play a couple games – I think that team could be vulnerable, and maybe you look at their schedule, and suddenly the Bills. Now look, the Bills would have to beat them out by a full game. That's but I yeah. do think, but but that's that's the issue, right? I still think though it's better for the Jags to win the division, and you're battling with Indy and Houston, than for one of those teams to win the division, and you're battling with Jacksonville because you lost to them straight I, up. I think that's right. I think that's right. The, the Bengals. I mean, I'm not believing that Browning will look as good as he did every week. Um, no. So if I could go back in time, I think I'd rather have the Jaguars win because you're right. Like looking at it now, I mean, the Bills don't have the tiebreaker because they lost to them head to head, and they're two games back 
with five to go. So let's say we keep using four and one kind of as like a solid benchmark for the Bills yeah. the rest of the way. If the Bills went four and one to catch the to catch the Jaguars, they would need the Jags to go one and four. You have to be three games better than them the rest of the way. And mm. they play Carolina. Like that that yeah. that is the easiest win in the league right now. And Tampa and Tennessee are still there. And now this week they play Joe Flacco. So the if I give them the Panther win, the idea that they're gonna lose all of those games to Flacco, Mayfield, and Levis, like I, I yeah, I, I think they can That's kinda right. they can limp their way in past the Bills at least. Whether they win the division or not, that's you know still only a one game lead for them. But I right, I think it's better for the Bills if it comes down to it, Indy is the team for me. Like I maybe I'm mm-hmm. giving Houston too much credit, but I feel like the Texans are going to get in. Stroud is just playing too well for me to think that they don't find their way in. The Colts are the team with a backup quarterback, and he's one of the better backup quarterbacks I know, but still a backup. They don't really have like a superstar game breaking player on either side of the football. Like they're pretty good at a lot of things. I don't know if they're great at any one thing. Like I want to think that the, the they're gonna the the Browns, the Steelers, and the Colts are like the real targets here, and that they can catch two of those three eat pretty easily if they go four and one the rest of the way. All right. So, who are Bills fans rooting for between the Colts and Bengals this weekend? That's see. Th- and not I don't even. After I, I know you're gonna. You can give me. You can give me the odds. You can give me the New York Times playoff machine. But yeah, what does it feel like? Know. You should want. You, I, to me, you should want Cincy because of everything you just said. I still think Cincy at the end of the day won't be there because of their quarterback situation. And you've said this many times. Yeah. You know, Cincy's defense. They give up a lot of big plays. And I think Cincy's gonna lose games anyway. Their schedule is not as easy. It's after the Colts. They have the Vikings, the Steelers, the Chiefs, and the Browns. So to me, you want. Cincy to beat Indy this weekend. Give Indy that extra loss because I think Cincy will have losses later. Yeah, that's that's a good. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. One, right? I'm not even going to look at the odds later either, or right now either. Um. The Colts play the Steelers, Falcons, Raiders, and Texans. 
to close out the year after that Cincy game. I mean, that's a head-to-head against Pittsburgh that that matters. Like you, you want both to lose, and you can't have it. And then two pretty easy games. Is Atlanta easy? I mean, I guess they're in first. In Maybe. Their, I mean, Atlanta's going to be fighting. They're, they're trying to win a division. Yeah, they're yeah. trying to win a division. I wouldn't say it's easy. For yeah, them. no, they, that's right. It's winnable, at least. They don't have like yeah. a, a great team left on their schedule. Um, and at least the Bengals have the Chiefs left. So that one might be one of those where just whoever ends up losing it, that's the team. That's the, that's the wounded animal that you're hunting. Um, right. Because my, my worry is... In theory, I do want to say, okay, I'd ride the Bengals to win because I don't trust that quarterback and I don't trust that team without Joe Burrow. But I say that now, if they go beat the Colts, and like it depends how it'll look. If they go beat the Colts and Jake Browning looks like he did for a second game in a row, now suddenly I'm, I'm going to feel like, great, here we go. They struck gold and this guy's actually pretty good and they're going to find their way in. Like, right. I, I, don't, I almost feel like I don't <laughs> want to be worried about the Bengals. So, I, I don't know. I'm not answering the question. I know I'm just buying time to, to create no, an no, answer I get here. It. But that's, that's the issue here. That's the issue that's with all of this one. that's going on. But it's a tough one. You have a lot of these games where, like Denver, Houston last week. I don't know who to root for. Like, what do you want? It, it, however, you could look at it a, a hundred different ways and think about the schedules and think about injuries. Think about you know tiebreakers. It's the same thing. There's going to be games like this every week. It won't matter unless the Bills take care of business. I'm confident if the Bills go four and one. They're in the playoffs. I don't know who they're going to catch. I just don't see all of those teams having these, you know, winning at least three games even. There's going to be a team to win two games out of that group. But if the Bills go 4-1, and one, I'm confident they get in. They have a chance at 3-2, and two, although it doesn't look great. If right. they go 5-0, and oh, obviously they are getting in. But that's what we're looking at today with the Bills taking on the Kansas City Chiefs Sunday, 425 p.m. The game will be a really important game for both teams, obviously. The Chiefs looking to you know, keep pace and make sure that they lock up their division. The Bills looking to stay in the playoff race. We're taking your phone calls at 803-0550 here on a Wednesday Extra Point Show. Sal Capaccio, Sneaky Joe DiBiase, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Josh Klingler at the top of the hour to talk about the Chiefs. Sabres forward Jeff Skinner there. Sabres lose again last night, 5-3. Empty netter at the end of the game. Sabres were on a power play. They pull... The goaltender, they give up an empty net goal. Joe, what do you think about that strategy? I'm fine with it, but a friend of mine texted me last night and said, Mm -hmm. you're already on a power play. You give them a free shot at the net because you're on a power play anyway. There's no icing, obviously. Why go six on four? Just let the power play play out. Maybe wait till there's like 30 seconds left if you need a last-minute rush. I'm fine with it, though. I think you have to be desperate and go six on four. To me, six on four, like don't let them get the puck. That's what it comes down to for me. Yeah, I I don't mind it either. There is a – I think there's an argument on both sides for that one. Um, Right. I mean, at at the very least, I mean, even if you don't want to put a goalie back there – I would never leave the goalie in. If you convinced me enough that like someone should be back there because you don't actually have that much of a benefit, six on four versus five on four, I would put like another player back there, and just because that way, the player any launch at the net like that, a player should be able to handle from distance pretty easily, and then he can get the puck right back up to the blue line way faster than a goaltender would be able to. So I'm good with what, it. Though, what do you mean? Way. Put another player back there. Like instead of if you were so concerned about the shot at the empty net, I wouldn't leave Comrie right. in there. I'd go put, you know, I'd put Samuelson back there, or I'd put anybody. It doesn't matter. Krebs and just okay. But when then the you're puffs, not getting your six on four benefit anyway. If he's just going to no, stay, I know. You, know, I you know. want him to stand on the in his side of the blue line. Well, no, he would grab it and then he would uh, maybe right Samuelson's like Paterka back there. So he grabs it and now he's already skating up the ice. So I don't have to take. 
the, you know, I don't have to take the 10, 15 seconds to go gather the puck, restart in my own end, get everyone back going ahead of steam to get his own entry. Instead, but what's he doing before he grabs the puck? Is he like standing near the goal as like just this extra guy? Pretty much. Pretty much. I w- I'm not even saying I would do that over six on four. I'm <laughs> right. saying I would do that over leaving the goalie in because then, right, I have that player back there. He's just waiting. Okay. And if they take a shot at the net, he grabs it. And then he's already coming up the ice with a head of steam by the time that the penalty killers are reaching the blue line. But again, six on either way. You could play it a couple different ways. I think you could. I just I, it's always weird to me because you it is a disadvantage to be obviously on the on the penalty kill. But when you pull the goalie, you could just fire the puck down at the net. There's no icing and like, all right, you know, you give them a, a free shot there and they wound up doing that. And they get the empty net goal. By the way, I mean, two games in a row now, Dylan Cousins has a golden opportunity in front of the net and gets stuck oh. and stymied. And and in this one, he just it just happened to be in his skates instead of his blade. Uh, the last one, the last game, I think the goalie just got lucky and put the pad down at the right time. Man. I had an anytime Cousins bet last night. I was feeling good about it. Oh, he only, really? He only has, what, four goals on the year? Like, that has been a story. But mm-hmm. against Nashville, he could have had, like, two or three. Like, he had so many chances that I'm thinking – that line's working. He came close. He's going to get one in this game. And there was that moment you're talking about where I thought for sure it was going in. But he's got to get going. He's like number one on the list, I think, for you got to score more. He's played in almost every game, and he's on like a he's on like a 12 goal pace right now. Like it's yeah. it's way it's so far below um, his standard. Eight zero three zero five fifty. The number to call here on WGR. If you want to jump on board, get connected with us. Sal Capaccio, Sneaky Joe DiBiase. Sabers lose one last night, five three to the Detroit Red Wings. The Bills are in Kansas City this weekend to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. I've been getting a lot of people asking me about Leonard Fournette and you know when they're going to bring him up. And look, I, someone let me just explain the rules. It seems like these are maybe unclear too to people. All right, because. Someone tweeted at me the other day at South Sports. They're like, well, why did they sign him? It was to block another team. Well, no, like he has he is a free agent. He is still a free agent. One thing I want to make sure everybody knows if Leonard Fournette is unhappy with not being elevated, which could be at some point possible, he can sign with another team's 53. If another team's 53 wants him, if someone comes calling and goes, we got a spot on our 53 man roster, he could sign with that team. There is no there's nothing preventing him from doing that. He is on the Bills practice squad. The Bills didn't sign him to block another team. That's not going to happen. It's a practice squad. If another team wanted him for their 53, he would have signed for that team's 53. That's the operational standpoint of it. Then the football standpoint of it is, I just don't think right now over the last two weeks, Joe, that there's really much to complain about with the three running backs they have on the field. Yeah. Yeah, this is one where I get the question too. And I don't know that there's a Bills thing that I could care less about right now than than Fournette. Like, he is... And I guess why this come up? Didn't he tweet again? Um, I'm ready to hoop, he said the other day. So, like, he keeps tweeting about, like, implying that, like, he's about to go in, but he doesn't. Um, I just... I don't think he's any good. I don't think he's good anymore. And I'm sure he wants to play. I, I'm totally oh, sure yeah. he wants to play. That's right. But, Joe, if another team gave him an opportunity, he could go sign with them. That's the Obviously, point, Obviously, that right. hasn't happened, and that's not happening. No, and he was available right before the Bills signed him at either, yes. too. So you've had a whole season here where every team in the league has had an opportunity to add him, and nobody's done it. Nobody's done it. I mean, even la- last year, remember, when he was a free agent before he came back to Tampa, 
He was a free agent, and, like, he visited maybe with New England, and, like, that was it. And then he re-upped in Tampa on, like, a, a small one-year deal. Like, even last year, he had he he became available, and really nobody took a look at him. So, like, the numbers show that he is not a good running back anymore, and I believe that, and I'm seeing more than enough from the Bills' three running backs that I just don't – I don't spend any time thinking about Fournette and whether he's going to play. I think he is the – he's a fourth-string running back. That's all he is to me. 803-0550 if you want to jump on board. And the other part of this is that the third running back on the team – and you can hate this. I understand how this sounds to people. Believe me, I do. The third running back has to play special teams. It just has to. You're, that's why yeah. you have a third running back on the team generally, right? Your, your third running back has got to be a special teams guy. That's not Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette is not running out, coming out here to, and being elevated and going to play special teams. And you're not having James Cook run down the field and cover kicks, right? I mean, it's just right. not going to happen. So right. your third running back. So actually, Joe, so the only guy he would, we talk about Ty Johnson. You could make an argument you could put him in for Latavius Murray. I just don't know. Are you getting anything more right now? Latavius Murray, again, looked pretty good last week when he got some touches against the Eagles. Yeah, like, uh, Murray's been fine. Murray's been fine for me. Like, what is he What is he going to do in my lineup that's better than Latavius Murray right now? Like, I, I don't know. Like, is he going to catch more passes, but I have Cook for that? Like, is he going to block better? Because I think Murray's been fine at that. PFF has him as one of the better run blocking or pass blocking running backs, so I don't think that's a big problem with him. Um, I mean, short yardage was a problem for Murray, but he did find the end zone. Um, was it against Denver? He got in, and then that might have been his last chance at it. So I, I don't know. I just think it's a minimal role in the first place, and I feel like Murray is doing it adequately. Sal Capaccio, Sneaky Joe DiBiase, the Bills and the Chiefs Sunday, 425 p.m. By the way, it's another Nance, Romo, Tracy Wolfson game. Nice. And Joe, tomorrow, we're going to have Tracy. Tracy's going to join us on the nice. air tomorrow on our show here. So that's pretty cool. Well, we'll talk with her about that. But um, are you – are you like are, is, that the, is that the group for you to like watching games for them, or is it getting a little um, bit old? No, Not no. Not even no. for Bills, I, because they haven't had a ton of Bills games. But when you hear Nance Romo-Wolfson, like for Bills, what, what's, your, uh, what's your reaction? No, I, I like it. I, I like Nance a lot. I like Nance a lot. Romo has always been um, – Back and forth for me. I loved him at the start. I like learning things from broadcasts. That's why I like the Manning cast so much. Um, what not? I should say non-guest Manning cast because they kind of you know devolve into silly season when uh, when somebody comes on the show. But when it's just Peyton and Eli, I always learn. I feel like I learn something every time. And that used to be the case with Romo, but as this has become a little bit of a story the last couple years. More and more, he just kind of shouts things. <laughs> like he doesn't really, he doesn't really break stuff down as much anymore. He doesn't really predict stuff as much anymore based on looks. Maybe that's the league just him, you know, getting further and further away from being in it. Um, I don't know if you saw this, Sal, but because you obviously wouldn't have been listening live, I missed it live too. I only saw it after the fact that Romo, he's like, um, who did I see describing this? He's like your wacky toddler watching the game. Where the Eagles, as they're lining up to kick the game-tying field goal, and what is that? It's 25 seconds left, and it's 4th and what? Was it 4th and 17? It was 4th and 17 with 25 seconds left. And Romo, I, I don't think he was kidding. I heard it back, and it didn't sound like it. He utters the phrase, Hey, Jim, how about a fake here? 
Like, what? what is he talking about? They're going to fake to do what? They're going to get the first down and then run up and spike it because I thought they were out of timeouts and then kick it again. Like, I don't know. Like, how about a fake here was just an incredible comment to make right. as they're about to kick a, what's going to be a game-tying field goal. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's right. Amazing. He 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 didn't. He must have been confused on the situation. I guess. Uh, maybe, maybe, or maybe he is just right. Like he's 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 like he's playing Madden now. Like he's just whatever, man. Like I'm 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 shooting from the hip. That's that's kind of Romo now, right? Like he's shooting from the hip. That's that's kind of that's kind of him. That might be your thing. He's got energy at least, but. It's very different for him than I thought it was at the beginning. But hey, everything else like yes. I love Nance, I love Tracy Wolfson. Like it's a very, it's got that uh, that big game sound. Whenever you hear those three on it, like you you kind of just know it's a big game just from the sound of it. I, I agree with that. I would say this about I I talked about this the other day when I was on Monday without you. What you're saying is right about Romo. To me, when Romo came in. It was, oh, my God, this guy's incredible. He can predict all these plays. Well, the game's actually changed quite a bit since he even started. And all this RPO stuff and different kinds of things that offenses are doing. Mm. And he's not – he doesn't do that quite as much. I don't think he's quite as good at it. And I don't right. really hear him try to do it as much. I don't – but here's – Joe, I don't need my color analyst to do that. I don't need my color analyst to predict what play is going to happen. I think the best yeah. color analysts are the ones that tell us what happened and why it happened. No, right. Yes, exactly. That's more of it. Like he would predict plays, but even you know that would get go viral. But that was a such a small percentage um, of what he was doing game to game. Yeah, no, you're right. It's like a play happens, and then he's going to tell me in 20 seconds or 15 seconds why it worked, why it happened that way. And I just I don't know that I'm not hearing that from him anymore. And you're probably right. I mean, he hasn't played in the league in eight years. So, you know, we're getting it's getting away from him a little bit. You know, it probably is. The way the that offenses change, especially at this rate, um, wouldn't be surprised if Romo looks at what's going on right now. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just I'm just gonna watch the game, kick my feet up, and you know, just act like uh, any old fan. <laughs> All right, 803-0550 if you want to jump on board. Sal Capaccio, sneaky Joe DiBiase. We'll take a timeout, we'll come back. We'll take your phone calls on Sabres, Bills, whatever's on your mind today on the Extra Point Show. Extra point show. Sail the run to the media room for a moment. So we got a couple of minutes here for some phone calls. Josh Klingler coming up to talk Chiefs at 11. Let's go to Max and West Seneca. Hey, Max. Hey, Joe. Uh, I'm just calling about the Sabres kind of plan coming into the season. Um, I think it falls on the front office mostly, um, the issues they're having. I think uh, looking at it, you look at they had an outlier season for their entire top line last year with Thompson, Tuck, and Skinner outproducing anything close to what they've ever done. And this year you see Skinner, Tuck producing pretty much at career averages, which is maybe a fringe first liner. You have Thompson producing more of that 68-point pace that he produced at the year prior. So they, they came into the season saying, Hey, no, we don't have we don't have their average. We have these guys. They're looking at their outlier season that they're going to reproduce, which I think is flawed to look at it that way. And then they had some young guys who, you know, you're thinking every single one's going to take a step forward. I think you're getting a lot more from Middlestad 
than mm-hmm. you probably thought you might at a, as a 25-year-old. He's mature. I mean, he's not going to be something he's, he's not already. Right. Um, so I, I just – I guess that's where I think they thought, wow, we're going to get outlier seasons from this core we have that really if you look at their career averages, why is Alex Tuck and Jeff Skinner going to be something they have never been yeah. except for one? No, I mean, that is completely fair. And in hindsight, it might have been a little naive on a lot of us and maybe the team to just expect that some of these guys were going to replicate what they did. Not all, right? Because some of them we don't really know what the standard is. You know, Thompson, he scores 46. And if you do the same thing with him and go, well, his shooting percentage before that year was like 12%, and last year it was 17%. But you don't really know you don't really know that this isn't the bar for Thompson because you can't even really count his first couple of years. He's a completely different player, and it was so few games. And, you know, Paterka, well, you just don't know. It's one year. It's a rookie season. Sure, he could get better. Um, there are other guys like that. Middlestat, too. Like, we don't really know what Middlestat is. He was so young before, almost unfairly judged. But the guys you picked out are the right ones to do it with. Alex Tuck had played, before last season, more than 300 games in the National Hockey League. And that's just regular season. You have a lot of playoff games while he was in Vegas also. And the guy had never had more... He never had more than 20 goals. He never had more than 52 points. And last year, he scored 36 and had 79 points. I mean, a massive jump. The one that you normally don't see from guys at age 26. It doesn't. It's not like it never happens. Um, an example of that, by the way, like guys sustaining it the way Tuck did. Chris Kreider is a name for that. Chris Kreider, but even he had regression. Chris Kreider never scored 30 goals in his entire career. Age 30, two years ago, he scored 52. You knew he was going to regress, and he did. He went down to 36 last year. Uh, This year, he's more like on a 40-goal pace again. But 52, you knew he wasn't going to score 52 again. Maybe Tuck is something lesser, where he was a 15-20 to goal scorer, then he scored 36 so I shouldn't expect 36 ago again. What should I expect? Like 25 to 30? And Skinner, Skinner, this isn't going to be for goals, but points. Skinner never had more than 63 points in his entire career. Last year, and, and that is a long career, by the way. That was 13 seasons, or 12 seasons, that he never had more than 63. And then he had 82. Probably right to think, well, he had 82, but... Can I count on more than 70? Like, I probably shouldn't just assume he's going to be a point-of-game player again. That he'll still score me goals, but he's not going to have 47 assists like he did. But they didn't plan their roster for that regression. Because they brought back the same tired veterans in their bottom six that were not able to step up and carry the load when guys either get hurt or guys are struggling. Because you can't put a poso in the top six. You can't put Gergensen's in the top six. Olofsson, at this point, you can't put him in the top six. Guys that were down in the bottom six, that were better than those players, that could play better when they're down in the bottom, and also can move up to the top when you have injuries. That was their failure. 
803-0550 is the phone number. We do have time for a quick call on the Bills before we get back to football with the Chiefs. Clover in Texas. Hey, Clover. Hey, Joe. Thanks for taking my call. Um, just uh, heard you talking about the running backs, like Leonard Fournette. Like, I don't want to see Leonard Fournette if that means Ty Johnson comes off because I've, from what I've seen the last couple of weeks of him, I think he's done great. I just wanted to ask, like, you think that's another example of why Joe Brady – you know, has this different perspective and can use players in different situations because I don't remember him having much of a role when Ken Dorsey was here. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, thanks, Clover. I mean, that has been one of the big things that Joe Brady has changed is he ran more motion and Ty Johnson is now involved a lot more often. And I say good. He is really fast. And there's a speed element there that he has over Latavius Murray. So packages where you might like some speed, where James Cook's not on the field, Johnson has been good. And I don't need him to play a lot. I don't need him to get a lot of touches. But mixing him in and mixing in speed on an offense that doesn't have a lot of speed, because let's be real, right? That's true. They don't have a lot of speed. Who's who's fast? Cook? And who's their fastest receiver? Hardy, but he doesn't even play. Johnson gives them that. Time out here. We'll have some Bills news relating to Von Miller, and we'll have Josh Klingler coming up next from Kansas City. That's coming up here on the Extra Point Show on WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 